This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. We- and then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. The reason why I picked this song, though, is because we cover this song. We actually recorded our own version of this, and we play this regularly in our set. Welcome to Y-Tunes Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives. With your host, comedian and radio personality Maggie Mayfield, and Hollywood's secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. This is Y-Tunes Shuffle. Art LeBeau, is that what you're talking about? We were talking about Art LeBeau. Yeah. And he's not dead. He's, he, he's not dead. Well, that's good. All right. That's yeah. a that's a positive way to start a show. Thank God we resurrected Art LeBeau. <laughs> the oldies but goldies, but it's not- Oldies but goodies. Goodies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I need a lot of Brenton Wood in my life. What, what is it? Brenton Wood. Brenton Wood? Yeah. Welcome, 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 Ooh, baby now. Yeah, I-, I Baby, I, I, I'm not only about out, and they lie yeah. out. I don't know the words either, but- This just, is like the third song the two of you have sung together now in the past 10 minutes. Well, who is this guy? I am what so excited. Here? It's called a show, Why Tune Shuffle. Maggie Mayfield, your host with my co-host David Earl Waterman, a.k.a. Hollywood Secret Weapon. Hey, listeners, music lovers, people. <laughs> no. I, I'm glad you called it a show, because on the way up here, I was thinking to myself, podcast is like somebody came up with podcast it was cool for like two months and now two like, months pe- you know just the word podcast and i'm just thinking well you know okay okay but we're a show this is, it is a, a show. show yeah but podcasting is becoming so important that the head of iheart like iheart media now has a podcasting department like that's how big it's become really yeah. Welcome to the podcast, well, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, this is a podcast. <laughs> I take it all back. <laughs> and uh, you can find us on the iHeartRadio app. <laughs> anyway, that's not important. What is important is our guest today, Greg Roquet. Hey, it's good to be here. I'm so happy you're here. Comedian, writer, performer. All USC around ho- Film School? UCLA. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my. UCLA. Oh, my God. Oh, Earlier he said Art LeBeau was dead, and now he said USC. He's, he's, we he's, are not strike two, strike two. We're Terrible short-term memory. It's not going to work out until I hear the music. And then uh, I just want to acknowledge that Jeremy's sitting in the room. Can you guys? Can you talk about how you know each other? And welcome, Jeremy. I'm glad that you're here. Are you a stand-up comedian also? No, no, he's my friend. He was my ride. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be shy. If you feel like chiming in, grab the mic and, and you're welcome to talk. He's just smiling. Not, yeah. yeah that, He's like, I'm not a talker. <laughs> He's totally shy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does have a great smile, though. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Invisalign, that's what I did. <laughs> and really? Nice, nice ink, too. That's some pretty, pretty nice ink you got there, too. All right. Tats. So, Long Beach. Yes. It's a far drive. I mean, it's 30 miles. I mean. 30 miles? I mean, like in L.A., but everything in L.A. is like 20 miles away. It's like an additional 10. Yeah. There's absolutely no such thing as like good places to live. Like that's an ideal location. There's that doesn't work. But Long Beach is nice, right? Yeah. It's 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 like truck exhaust. Yeah. It's like L.A. condensed into a smaller city. It's 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 kind of, you know, I had this I had discussion with so many people because people say, oh, well, like Long Beach isn't really in L.A. And I'm like, L.A. does not exist. It's it's an idea, you know, like. Like Burbank is its own city, you know. West Hollywood is technically its own city. It is, but it's all like in L.A. County, so we call well, it L.A. Well, yeah. Well, Long Beach is in L.A. County. Yeah. Yeah. So it's totally L.A. When I was growing up, and then I was in school, we referred to California, Southern California, Los Angeles, as a megalopolis, a megalopolis, and that's where there's a conversion of cities that are still growing, 
that will become ginormous. And and at this point, it's still pretty, you know, chopped up. What's your timeline of living in Southern California? You were born where? I was born in 1992 in, in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. Yeah. What hospital? It was it was in Harbor City. I forget which hospital. You don't remember in a Harbor where you well, I, I don't How many drugs? I don't re- when did you start of using Of course drugs? I don't remember. I was just a baby. <laughs> I'm done. I'm toast with this kid. And then you just moved around a bunch? Yeah, yeah. And the, but for the most part, I've stayed in Long Beach. Like, well, I've lived in, I've lived in Westside Long Beach, mm-hmm. and that was right by Wilmington. So I was right by the port in mm-hmm. Queen Mary. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my parents split up. Then I moved to North Long Beach, which was right by Compton. And now I live in East Long Beach, which is borderline Orange County. Okay, so that's your neck of the woods. Yeah, just okay. Long Beach in general. Yeah. West Side. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get started in stand up? You know, I, I always wanted to do it. I I was writing jokes prior to going to my first open mic, and uh, one day I just got the confidence to go up and uh, actually went one of my good friends, uh, and I was so nervous. I started uh, I. I I started drinking so much that I, th- I think I had like four <laughs> drinks before I went up and I, I don't remember anything, but he was like, Hey, that's, that wasn't half bad. And oh. then, you know, three years later, I'm, I'm still, still trying, still, still writing new jokes and failing and occasionally succeeding. Well, I mean, you, you, you know what the comedy scene's like, that's essentially it. you fail, fail, then you win a little and then you lose even harder. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and you've got a few credits now under your name for being so young in the game. Yeah, yeah, I was on Comedy Central last year, season two of Roast Battle. I saw that with Danielle Perez. Isn't that her last name? No, no, no. I did it against Frank Castillo. Oh, my God. Did you really? Yeah. And? John Ross's show? Jeff Jeff Ross. Ross? Jeff Ross. Okay, that's strike three. All right, it was nice being here. Um, Can I just say he's a friend of mine, and I'm so flummoxed right now, but yeah, Jeff Ross, friend of mine. Yeah. That's why I'm Hollywood's secret weapon. I drop names. <laughs> Ask him about me next time. Anyway, okay. go ahead. So you're on Roast Battle. Yeah, and I, I battled Frank Castillo. I lost, and then that was it. But I, I, I still did uh, other roast battles in, uh, at the comedy store. They do it at the belly room, and I I battled Danielle Perez. That was yeah. that was a wheelchair battle between both of us. She's so great. She's great. She's awesome. Yeah. Shout out to Danielle. Can we talk about the wheelchair? Yeah. Because I read a little Your bit about- Your wheels are so round. They barely <laughs> go- I'm trying to roast you somehow. We're just like the night. We're just too nice and forgetful to do that. No, I was reading about how this was actually quite a life changing event for you. Yeah, naturally. Yeah. Can you talk about because this all happened wrestling? Yes, yes, wrestling. You wrestled high yes. school? Yeah. I loved wrestling. I did too, up until a point. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> no, no, uh, no, yeah. So I was. Uh, I was I was I was wrestling uh, and this uh this uh this my opponent uh did an illegal move and long story short I I landed where I shouldn't have landed and uh mm. then I was rushed to the hospital and I spent about 5 months in a pediatric ICU. Mm-hmm. So I was I was at Long Beach Memorial, well, well Miller's Children's Hospital for about 5 months and then uh you know I I they told me I had a, a spinal cord injury, my C5 C6 vertebrae were were damaged so since then, it, this was this was like eleven years ago. So it's just been a a road. It's been a long road of uh, you know PT, you know occupational therapy, working out, and just doing what I can to to obtain self sufficiency and independence. Gosh, what weight did you wrestle? <laughs> I you know I I was like one sixty five, so I don't. You were one sixty five. Well, I I you can't tell. I was one seventy seven. I I'm I'm like six two, so I I'm yeah. So I, I was pretty lean. Yeah. And then after you went through the whole, like you're you're still sort of going through the whole independence journey. Yeah, it's it's ongoing. It's 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 very much like comedy. You get some successes, a lot of losses, but you try to find a 
uh, healthy equilibrium. How do you do that? Uh, you know, it's a lot of it is just um, like go, continuing to do it. It's just like just like hitting open mics. It's it's going to the gym as much as you can, like doing as much weights, being being. I mean, just making good health decisions, like eating well, exercising. Because I, I mean, uh, uh, you know, I have to make sure that I'm getting good cardio, and I don't want, I don't want my muscles to atrophy anymore. So basically, mm-hmm. it's screw it. I'm going on. I will carry on. Exactly. I admire that. Right. Is there one thing like when you meet people every day that you wish they would just know without having to like ask you? No, not really. I never think about. It. I, I, I enjoy uh, people's curiosity. Uh, the only problem is, I think with with uh, curiosity, you're. Everyone works with with, uh, with with stereotypes, and I think each person doesn't know how to uh, like like kind of address me or even talk to me. So it's you'll have some people who are, you know, very direct, like, "Hey, what happened? You know, what's wrong with you?" And other people who kind of beat around the bush. Yeah. And so it's so, it, I, but but I I don't know. I guess the only thing I wish they knew is that like I'm just like everyone else. I can you can. You can ask me things politely, you know. I guess it's I guess it's kind of a, a social dance in a way to to kind of be able to maneuver and 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 to get to the the question because I think it's a little I don't it feels a little impersonal when people just want to know what exactly happened to me without getting to know me first. Yeah, that makes it, it's like what's wrong with you? It's like, well, don't you want to know my name first? <laughs> right. Like, how was your day? What do you do? Yeah. And right after after the third question, then you can ask me. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's yeah. a good rule. It's also good with dating and sex. <laughs> After the third date, then you can... Let's get to know you better. Let's dig into some songs, shall we? Okay, This perfect. is how we really get to know people. Yes. All right. Greg, this is your song number one. The album Summertime 06 by Vince Staples. This could be. I knew we were going to be right by real 92.3, so I had to get my hip hop stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did you pick this song? Well, um, a lot of this, this is really personal because um, so Vince is a year younger than me, and we both grew up in uh, Northside Long Beach around the same time. And this, so the name of the album is Summertime 06, and this was actually the last summer before. I had my spinal cord injury. Oh my gosh! And so when I when I heard this album, it's weird how as, as you get older, you 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 understand life retroactively. Like everything makes sense. Right. Like after you've lived it, you know it doesn't make sense at the moment. And listening to this whole album about growing up in North Long Beach with you know like a lot of gangs, uh, you know working class existence, I heard this and hearing the song "Summertime," it kind of reminded me of sort of that, uh, I don't know, sort of that nebulous, like idea memory you keep of of adolescence and 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 like kind of the calm before the storm and everything when things were simple 
simple simple and complicated they were they were simple in that i didn't overthink them but they were too complicated for my young mind to fully understand sure yeah so when you hear this now does it make you feel nostalgic like do you want to be that kid again is that does that make sense yeah no it's 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 weird where it's one of those things where i i, I it's nostalgic in the sense that it's it, it it it's not that I want to be that kid again, but it, it's it's that it's that idea of just living in an environment, inhabiting a certain body without having much uh much thought into what what lies in the future. It was it's it's almost like a, a maimed innocence or something, if that makes any sense. And it really takes you to the summertime. When you hear this, mm-hmm. you're in Long Beach in yeah. the summertime. You feel it. Yeah, exactly. Would you say feel good, or yeah. does it change up, or no? It just it feels it feels like home, like. It's, you know, like, like every, I think every generation has, you know, musicians or something who, who kind of embody like the zeitgeist or sort of the, 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 I don't know, just the, just the, the timeline that, that really encapsulates something personal, you know, like now we have a lot of great rappers from the LA area, like Kendrick Lamar, Vin Staples, Earl Sweatshirt, people who grew up like within a 20 mile radius of me and they're, and they're putting out these songs that, I, I think are so relatable because it was like, ah, yes, I've, I've, I, I walked those streets or me and my friends drove through these streets or we were, we were all witnessing the same thing and, and they managed to capture it perfectly into like, you know, three, four minute song. Yeah. That's, a, that's exactly what, what, when I identify a song, you know, there's always going to be time, place, season, and this is definitely a summer season song for you. But in, you said you grew up in a gang infested neighborhood. Yeah, it was it was really working class. Like I I grew up like like as we were talking before the show, North Long Beach is like borderline Compton, Paramount. There's mm-hmm. and it's it's there there's a lot of Hispanic gangs there. There's there was a, there's a lot of African American gangs, and there was a police station right by where I lived. And I used to play basketball at a park because I, I you know I was I, I used to play a lot of sports. And you know it seemed like like every other day you know when I was at the basketball court, you see guys get arrested, you see the cops you know, like drive by, you see the, the red and blue of the siren and, uh, and yeah, and just, and just sort of, uh, trying to make the right decisions to, to not, not get involved with that sort of lifestyle. How did you not get involved with that kind of lifestyle? Well, sports, I think, I think weirdly enough, having a spinal cord injury kind of, it kind of like, it, it kind of ha- forced me to focus on what exactly do I want to do? What exactly do I want to accomplish? And now it's, it's from, from there after, after being, you know, almost yeah i guess i guess yeah literally broken uh it, it forces you to rebuild and, and and to see you know what do i want to do with this life who was your best friend in high school uh there's uh there's this guy uh uh christian and he was uh he, yeah he was, he was a really good guy he uh a- after my injury he came to visit me in the hospital and then uh we kind of had a falling out because he made some uh some dangerous life decisions i mean he's fine now but uh, you know it was one of those things where we couldn't we were unable to reconcile, you know, our friendship because of because of where we were headed, you know, because at this point I had I'd entered college and I, I was focusing on on, you know, uh, on, you know, moving on to to film school or, or doing whatever, you know, just something something other than than wandering aimlessly. Sure. When you listen to like is gangster rap like what what kind of rap is this particular song, this summer song? How would you label it? Well, it's 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 weird. Like Vince Staples is is hip hop. I think some people say 
alternative hip hop, but I, I know he said in an interview this album was influenced by Joy Division, which is a post punk oh, band. Yeah, Joy Division. No kidding. Yeah, if you look at the album artwork for Summertime '06, it looks just like the the cover for Unknown Pleasures. Okay, because I mean, it's like once I got into R and B, hip hop, we called it rap in the beginning. Eventually, you know, I think around the time of Tupac and Biggie, there was this whole like gangster rap thing, which completely out of my realm of understanding other than I really liked it. And and I found myself fantasizing, you know, that's that movie coming out, White Boy Rick, like next week or something. Is that the one Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen trailer for that film? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I would have liked to have been a white boy Rick and I would have liked to have worn gold <laughs> chains um, and just like I, it, like I fantasize about being a gangster badass which I'll never be as a kid growing up in that environment and like doing sports and you know kind of just keeping a level head and everything like that do, like when you listen to this like these stories of where you're from and this like in your face like, is there ever any kind of an identification that would equal wanting to be a part of it at all uh, you know, well, it, interestingly, this this whole album is sort of like rejecting and resisting that kind of like like this a, particular yeah, album. like even it, it's 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 a very dark like solemn album where there there's there's like a like like let's let's take someone like Kendrick Lamar where it's it's there's there's an optimism there and, and all this stuff. I what I what I enjoy about Vince and what I find so refreshing is that it paints a picture of what's going on. It's almost fatalistic. But at the same time, there's there's that sliver of optimism that's that's hidden in there. There's so much going on in the mm-hmm. whole world of hip hop and country music. I would say that I'm completely like missing out on because there's just not enough time in the day to get it all. But you know, Ghetto Boys. Have you ever heard? Yeah, of yeah, Scarface. Oh and all my yeah. fucking god! <laughs> you know, and Ghetto Boys is like the quintessential me imagining there's something I could be a part of that. What do you th- what do you say to guys like me that like? That's neat. <laughs> That's neat stuff. I would have. Damn, it feels good I, to be a gangster. I mean, everyone likes to live vicariously. Is it okay? That, that's is why, it okay? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's why. You. That's why Goodfellas is such a good movie. Ah, perfect point. Thank you. Okay. Because uh, you, you, now I see. Like yeah. you watch these guys and you you feel like they're they're family and friends. You're like, hey, you know, it's Henry. And Forget it. about it. Exactly. I think I think that those hold a place though too because the word cultural appropriation comes up a lot. I feel yeah. like, and there's. A certain level of white guilt that I feel like a lot of us are feeling lately. And so you can't, you have to, if you want to be a part of that culture, you kind of have to live it through the music. It's the only way I'm going to get film. it. Yeah. Right. Because if you walk around looking and trying to act like that, you kind of, you can't, you can't. Believe even me, though, I know. Even though I it comes from a place way. of like, this is amazing and I want to be a part of it. Yeah, you you kind of can't. I get it, and I like the Goodfellas reference because I, I have no Italian blood in me whatsoever. <laughs> wow, good first song, mm-hmm. "Summer in Long Beach." That would be two thousand. Would be ninety eight. Summertime oh six. Summertime oh six. Oh six. Wow, I'm so old. <laughs> song number two. No. My mind just starts imagining right now. Mm-hmm. I right. see. In twenty seven minutes, the lyrics will start. What? 27 minutes? No, no. <laughs> it is a long song. It's like nine yeah. minutes. LCD sound system. They definitely like to build in their zones. I really like that. 
background. So LCD sound system. Yes, great band. My first time LCD sound I think sound this has system. been on the show, but... Really? I think so. I but still, really, this is so cool. Yeah, it's very cool. What is this song called? Dance Yourself Clean. Why did you pick this? So this album, th the album is This Is Happening, and this came out uh, when I was graduating high school. And a lot of uh, James Murphy, he's the lead singer and songwriter of... Um, LCD sound system. He kind of has these uh, idiosyncratic songs where he kind of talks about relationships and and sort of like just like like just I don't know the follies of human nature. And I and I like the song because after you know I, I I was injured freshman year of high school and graduating a senior I was graduating you know in wheelchair and everything. And uh, I think the song sort of captures sort of the the stunted uh, relationships and interactions I had with like fellow classmates. And so there, there's almost once you get to the um, to like the middle of the song, it, it kind of has like this sort of like cleansing, like loud, bombastic uh, buildup that that kind of I think signified graduating and finally getting out of getting out of uh, that institution. You know, were you angry? Yeah, of course, of course. I I I, I still am. No, uh, <laughs> no, I've just become bitter and sarcastic. Great. But yeah, no, no. I I think after every injury, or I. I I, I assume I, I think everyone's angry because, it, it, you know, angry is the wrong word. I'd say frustrated. Sure. And that's where you get and like teenagers are already angsty. And so yeah. you can imagine if like, oh, well, now I can't even just talk to people. It's it's even harder. And so. um So, yeah, no, there was a lot of frustration. So I kind of like I kind of fled and, and uh, just really invested myself in, in uh, movies and, and records. Like that's what I spent most of my time doing. I didn't really have much of a social life like post injury in high school, but it was at that time I started consuming pop culture and media like like a maniac. Do you have any brothers and sisters? I have three older sisters. Do they have so names? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to give them the satisfaction of saying their oh, names. Oh, okay. Snap. Do you not. have like um so I call this the older brother syndrome where there's someone that introduces you to a lot of music. Is there someone like that in your life? Where they're like, oh, you have to hear this. It's so cool. Well, yeah, they're all older than me, so they all kind of force their music upon me. And um, the youngest of, 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 of my three sisters, the age difference between us is 10 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and so, like, my my, my uh, middle sister, she she loved, like, a, a lot of The Cure and a lot of, like, hard rock. Cool. And so, like, I grew up with a lot of Cure. My The youngest of my older sisters loved a lot of R&B, so I grew up with a lot of R&B. And my... My oldest sister, she she was born in '75, and so she was complete '80s kid, so just all '80s music. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, not because I'm I'm kind of a, a a little bit of a of a hipster in in like I I'm the anomaly <laughs> in our family where like I will actively seek out music and albums. So like none of them knew who like LCD Sound System, Vince Staples, or you'll see who the other bands are. Yeah. But but they they like I I am a real like musical junkie and movie junkie. Like they're 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 kind of. Um, uh, they they have an inadequate like pop culture education. Were you right on the cusp of Napster? No, I or was, was that like kind of after. No, I or I, before your time a little bit. No, yeah, yeah. Like I I remember like just listening to music on YouTube in the early days. I really didn't use Napster. <laughs> that is crazy. Did you buy like? Did you ever have to buy a CD or did you mostly get all your music online? Uh, I I I've purchased some CDs in the past. Uh, I I mostly. 
Yeah, I, mo- I, I I actually got a lot of my music from LimeWire and FrostWire. LimeWire, like, there it is. Like, okay. yeah, I, you know, yeah. we used to give our computer, like, viruses. So just, many. <laughs> but, and you're but, like, how do I download a torrent? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but now I, I actually, I, I collect vinyl, and I have, like, I have, like, close to a thousand records, because I, you know, I, I love stuff. So vinyl is important to you, but CDs kind of, like, that was... Well, not your thing yeah no see because i don't know cds they skip a lot they scratch i mean vinyl of, you know as long as you keep them well preserved they can last forever i mean like sure. cds melt if you leave them out or i guess vinyl melts too but no vinyl because it's cool having a nice turntable with some cool speakers and that and i cool. and i like reading like the liner notes i like reading yeah. the lyrics and all that good stuff and and yeah, I, I that that like CDs don't really give you that. It's just it's like here's here's like a a Xeroxed album art cover, yeah. and here's like a five. Well, there's like I'm curious in how this is going to translate in the future too, because like DVDs, Blu-rays, like it's pr- popular to collect that also, but it's similar to a CD. So what is it going to be the next thing? Like you can't go back in time to a film and be like, oh, I'm going to collect VHS. Like no one's going to VHS. Well, you know what I mean? Well, it's all digital now. Like right. So like, but movie collections and music collections, these are really important artifacts don't you think and yeah. so it's just interesting that cds tapes that all skipped over for you and you're like nope we're going back to the good stuff well, the it, original it's interesting that you say it because i actually i, I have an even larger movie cl- i have about like four thousand movies and i collect oh a lot gosh. of dvds and blu-rays because yeah. i like sort of the, i like holding yeah a dvd and i like reading the notes and everything like there so, is oh, something to that i yeah. think but i mean but vhs was just a really crappy format i mean, mm-hmm. I mean why like, they pick vhs and not beta we'll never know well because of porn Thank really? You. Thank you very much. Yeah, beta beta wouldn't uh wouldn't have porn and VHS did and that's why it beat. <laughs> is that that is amazing. I didn't know that. That is an amazing <laughs> factoid that just blows me out of me the water. Too. No pun intended. We need to bring yeah. back laser discs. Wow. Oh my oh, god. Wow. Have you seen how big those things are? Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? Laser discs. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they were <laughs> laser discs were awesome. They were like near DVD quality. We used to give out laser discs at improv shows. Like we would give prizes out to our audience members and we were like, here's Ferris Bueller on Laserdisc. Good luck playing that. Like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh my! But how many other people in your high school graduating class were listening to LCD sound machine? <laughs> I did sound system. On, sound I system. did that on purpose. <laughs> um, I, you know, there, there were, there were, there was a pocket of hipsters. Like we would all talk about LCD sound system, like Animal Collective, mm-hmm. and all that. So, so there's, there's always, there's always cool people in high school, and by cool, I mean people do drugs. Right. Yeah, because and uh, <laughs> and I, like, how did I miss that? I didn't know. I didn't know you did that. Yeah. Well, every, uh, yeah, drugs are pretty cool in moderation. But uh, no, yeah, no. Like there's like I the the few times I interacted with people, <laughs> it was through pop culture. Like there was this girl who sat in front of me. She was really awesome. And we would we wouldn't pay attention during English class. We just talk about David Bowie the whole time. Oh my god, that's so cool. Yeah. She because. Well, th- and I hope I, you got her number immediately. I did. What's and, her name? No, I'm not going to say anything. But wow. She, she, no, she was really cool. And we and we would often say, she would say like, oh, well, you know, I think Station to Station is David Bowie's favorite. I'm like, actually, it's low. That's the best David Bowie album. Uh. And, 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 I th- and that's where I found the power of, of pop culture. And I think when, like I said, when, when, re- when those relationships that I try to form were stunted, le- that's why pop culture was so great because it was talking to people about 
people more important than me and it made me seem more important like part of this little clique and and, and that's why I think I've developed this unhealthy obsession with pop culture. When did you dis- when did you feel like you were wanting to be a creator? Now that you're in film school and you're 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 collecting you're obviously on that path to to be a filmmaker and a writer. When did that start becoming real for you? Uh, probably when it became real, I think uh, when I started actually getting booked for shows, that's when it felt real. But as, a, as a performer, that was yeah. thing one. Okay. Yeah, but uh, you know, I I think ever ever since since when when I was in, in the ICU, I think that's where where it all started to develop because I, I I couldn't move, I couldn't do anything, and so all I would do was watch movies, and eventually, you start watching enough movies, it it, it they, everything starts to get connected, mm. and you're like. Oh, okay, this director did this, this director. And then once you start watching those movies over and over again, you start to learn the craft. You're like, okay, this is how this is edited. Oh. This is how screenwriting works. And then, yeah, like I think sophomore, junior year, I picked up how to write a screenplay, you know, or like even joke writing, like how to write a joke, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, so I, I, I early on in high school, like, yeah, middle of my high school career, I was like, yeah, okay, I, I think I can, I can, I, I dig this. I can, yeah. I can do this. A writer told me one time that this process called imprinting is a way to teach yourself how to write scripts. <clears throat> Basically, what he said is take any movie you love, watch the movie, but as you're watching it, write like act one, scene one. The sun rises over the city, and then we pan over to car driving. Without looking at the actual script, you just write it. Oh, as you're watching it. And, and yeah. if you complete it, it's almost as if your brain had imprinted one script whether it's your own creation or not yeah. so seeing it over and over again kind of makes sense i mean that, that's a good thing for anyone out there who wants to write a screenplay because we actually do that in film school they wow. they made us watch uh, they said pick any tv show you want and watch the pilot episode and do that like every time there's a scene change just write it and then like then just uh write things with with sort of a conflict like like i did bojack horseman it was something like oh you know Bojack Horseman wants to be relevant again, but he has out al- he has an alcohol problem. Oh. And and if you think of each scene as conflicts, negotiations, and just what a character wants from another character, like that, yeah, that's a great way to like start learning. So how- that does make I I thought it was fascinating when you told me. That's yeah, no, no, a, you're doing it in film school. Yeah, no, yeah, that's a good that's a good tip for everyone out there. Must work. Right. Song number three. iTunes connection here. Gentlemen are all getting into it. Bumping the heads, tapping the fingers. I still have the t-shirt from the Stop Making Sense Tour. The original (laughs) concert t-shirt. Who is this? Home. This is David Byrne and Talking Heads. I feel numb, bumming all the God. Guess I must be having fun. Talking Heads. I'm I'm happy that you Young played the man. live version. Well, how did you get in the Talking Heads? Uh, I I just, I mean, they're just a good band. I I 
I don't know. I, I can't really pinpoint the exact moment. I feel like I've always... MTV for me. MT- yeah, that's how I found Oh, I forgot you're old. Yeah, that's right. Oh, <laughs> I like this kid, and I got a good script for him after the show. I'm going to tell you about it. <laughs> no, 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 Talking Heads, I think, is... it's You know, it always switches, but Talking Heads is always one of those bands that say, oh, yeah, that's my favorite band. And uh, I mean, David Byrne is just a crazy musical genius, and yes. and I and this and and Stop Making Sense is the greatest concert film ever made. It's 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 amazing, and and it was it was directed by the late great uh, Jonathan Demme. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was I did I did um, once in a lifetime in a lip sync contest and came in second behind Madonna. <laughs> got a job as a bartender out of it. Nice, <laughs> swear to That's God, so I rehearsed random. and rehearsed and rehearsed Stop Making Sense, big white outfit and everything like that, same as it ever was. Same, Same as, as it ever was. My God, what have oh I my done? <laughs> oh my so God. where does this bring you? What does it make you think of? This is this is me in college. I, I totally college music. It, it's it's one of the, I, I I saw an interview and David Byrne was like, it's one of those songs that doesn't make any sense, but it just makes you feel warm inside. And mm. and as and you can look at the lyrics and and he's right, it doesn't make any sense, but it has that feeling of like sort of like I don't just just getting ready to tackle the world and also just coming back home and. And just kind of yeah, just being everywhere and nowhere at once. It's a very it's 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 a celestial song. It's it's heavenly. Do you like being home? Uh, yeah, it's cool. I mean, I, I, I mean, I like going shows, but there's there's you nothing beats the comfort of of coming back home. I mean, like I think that's that's a universal feeling. It doesn't yeah. matter where you're from. Like the, you know, unlocking your door and just having all the scent and light and everything hit you. You're like ah, this this yeah. is familiar. This is mine. This is my space. What's right. home like for you now? What's your home? Describe it. Well, it's it's accessible, so that's the most important. <laughs> there's no there's no steps. Um, uh, I live with my girlfriend right now, and we Woo! yeah, and we Hey-o. we got a puppy. Oh, what's so, his name? Uh, her name is Mazzy. Maz- well, Mazzy, why? Wait, the girl or the puppy? Puppy is named Mazzy. Okay, like Mazzy, star of the band. Nice. Yeah, yeah and uh, my girlfriend's name is Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Yeah. Hey, Hannah. And um, yeah, yeah, and so it's great. Like I, I, I come home, and Mazzy will start will start barking, and then once she sees it's me, she'll like tr- try to jump on my lap, and it's it's like that's a great feeling, you know. Heck like yeah, mm-hmm. and and like that's like when I hear that song, this must be the place. It's like yes, home. This must be this place. This must be where I want to spend most of my life, both waking and you know sleeping life. What does Hannah do? She is an occupational therapist. Oh, nice. Is that how you guys met? No, no, no. Uh, she so she went to USC to do her um, to do her uh, OT. She got a doctorate. Oh, excuse me. She got a doctorate of OT, and we met online. Oh, she, nice. Yeah, she was on OKCupid. I was on OKCupid, and we spoke. And this was actually the only time my wheelchair came in handy as a conversation <laughs> starter. That's great. Because she's like, "Oh, I'm doing occupational therapy, and right now we're doing like the spinal cord section or cha- chapter on spinal cord or whatever." And and we just started talking and uh we had our first date and then fast forward almost 4 years later and now we're living together. Oh my god, I love that story. It's yeah, it's it's a great story. I I I would have made some changes, but it's all right. Oh, <laughs> just let it happen, brother. Yeah, no kidding. Um, do you think the big M word is possible? Uh, probably, because I'm a coward, and you know, it, like I, I, I'm one of those guys who like I wouldn't want to get married, but if if I'm if I'm given an ultimatum, I'm like, all right, wait till uh, you're 21 at least. I. I'm 26. Yeah, oh, I was okay. gonna say. Yeah. How? I'm, 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 see, I'm trying to have a, a battle rap here, or whatever it's called. The old man. Think. I know you're older yeah. than that. 26, still young, still a babe. <laughs> yeah. Do it. I just I found my love online. 
Which which site? Bumble. Oh, Bumble. My, oh my god, it was wonderful. I know it works because I had good luck with a Long Beach gal about seven years ago. Oh, maybe, the, maybe twelve years ago. Is that when you drove down Broadway? All the way, nice up and down on a Vespa, a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the time on a Vespa. I should you not. I, I had to get not. rid of Bumble because comics in L. A. suck. No, this is long. I got rid of it long before I met Chad, but I got rid of it because people would start screenshotting my my Bumble profile and oh, they would text it to me. I'm like, Mm-mm, that's that's, a, that's enough. Nope. Well, <laughs> that's I, enough. I I recently liked a guy's ex wife. Not <laughs> this. This was like three months ago, and he called me on it like a week ago. Uh, and it's like every time I see somebody I know, and when you get of a certain age, there's like tons of people in the like 48 to 57 <laughs> range, divorced or whatever. And I'm like, hey, you know, it's like I don't want to date you, but I want to say, hey, I'm out here, you're out here. So uh, he was like, is the reason you're not calling me because you like my ex-wife? On? Oh, my God, stop. That's hilarious. And, yeah. And I, and I said, <laughs> I said, he goes, it must, I know you probably made a mistake. And I was like, no, I didn't make any mistake. You know, <laughs> but I, I, I called him and I was like, hey, dude, Christine and I want you to come over and hang out with the kids whenever you're free. But and he was he got me back with my ex. OK. <laughs> I was like, that's like, yeah, terrible. Me and so-and-so will come over. I don't want to say her name. Either. What a trickster. Oh, my God. How old is it still a puppy puppy? Yeah, she's 10 months. Are you doing any training? Yeah, we we hired a trainer and we tried doing some training ourselves and she's a for the most part she's a, a, a I don't know her her temperament is good but she she's a chihuahua so she just barks like crazy. <laughs> chihuahua. Like it, it, like I anytime there's any noise, you know, it's like she's all right, she's going to bark for the next 3 minutes. I oh, can't do gosh. anything. Gosh. Right. Get it out of your system, Mazzy. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> you know, I just got to say regarding the song home I think it's it's pretty amazing. I I have a home that I live in now. It's nothing special, you know. It's an apartment, but you do what you can do to make it nice, and it's a it's a pretty good thing to have that kind of like rush when you come home, and it's like, yeah, this is the place to be, you know. Good ref, very good ref. That's short for reference <laughs> or referee. Okay, let's go to the next song. All right. I, I know I know where I stand in this whole situation at this point now. Here we go. What have we here? Do you recognize this, David? I'm loving it, but I don't recognize it yet. You might. I be your mirror, reflect what you are, in case you don't know. I be the wind, the rain and the sunset, the light on your door, to show that you're home. When you think the night has been fine, that inside you twisted and unkind. Let me stand to show that you are the voice. Introduce it, Greg. What is it? This is I'll Be Your Mirror by The Velvet Underground and Nico. And uh, yeah, so the album, The Velvet Underground and Nico, it's probably the greatest album in rock history. And uh, yeah, I was a big fan of Lou Reed, and this is uh, one of those perfect love songs that's like, I told my girlfriend, this is a song that is yours, you can have it, and when you break my heart, I will never hear it again. <laughs> wow. What a gift. Who, is, is Nico singing this? Or is yes, this is Nico. Yeah, because it's not Lou Reed. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to do Pale Blue Eyes, but it was so hard because, like, again, this album is so perfect, I, I, I felt like it'd be a disservice to not include one of the, the beautiful songs on this album, so... 
yeah, it was either this or Pale Blue Eyes, but I think I'll Be Your Mirror is the, the more beautiful song. And you've like given this song to Hannah. Yes. So if really like you guys never break up, you're like, I don't ever want to hear it again. Yeah, well, it's like it's it's one of those things where there like there are a lot of songs I associate with with other people that like it's hard to listen to now and sure and so like maybe maybe five years, ten years, fifty years, who knows? I could maybe revisit it, but oh, it's you one will, of the, you will, I yeah. promise you that. Yeah, yeah, but it's one of those things where yeah, if we were to break up, I'm like, well, there goes my favorite album. <laughs> wow, you know, I are you familiar with the Foo Fighters? You must be. Yes, the song Everlong. I almost thought it was the same way. I was introduced to that that group by my high school sweetheart, whom I'm obviously no longer with. And then that song has taken on so many different meanings in my life. Like I got married and I wound up, that was like one of our songs that we would dance to. Or, you know what I mean? And then I got divorced. And now like being in a new relationship, it also happens to be one of his favorite songs. So it's interesting how a song can kind of move through your life with you and it sucks that it's all relationships for me (laughs) but like I guess what I'm asking is could you see it being that for you that it could take on new meaning that it could be reinvented in your soul some way that you could find new joy in it with someone else uh probably I mean like that that's uh, you know every the future is unwritten and I'm sure things can the future is unwritten are you sure (laughs) yes oh I don't. I, there's, there's maybe. Some... You mean I have choices? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll avoid the cosmological arguments and all that good stuff. But no, like, yeah, of course, I think, I think the song could be repurposed. But it's one of those things as of now that, like, because you know, it, it's you know, like, I'm sure, like, I, you know, I could, you know, like, give the song new meaning. But right now, like, the meaning that that it has, you know, to me and 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 my relationship with Hannah. It's it's so hard to just imagine it as anything else. Sure. But yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure. I, I I know that's not the my 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 girlfriend and I just settled on when when we get married, killing me softly with your song. Are you guys gonna, gonna be, get married now? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I don't know when, but the it's Roberta like, Flack one. Uh, it's no, it's the newer one. The Lauren Hill Lauren version. Hill. Yeah. Lauren Hill version. I like Roberta Flack, but uh, the Lauren Hill version was because we were doing this. We were hanging out. And we we're like, let's white tune shuffle a little bit. And she's from Brazil. She speaks oh, mostly nice. Portuguese. And I'm learning Portuguese. I know a little bit of Spanish. And uh, so we decided to bond on this song, you know. And it's like that song never was really super important to me until that very moment when she's like, okay, I'll pick one and I'll let you listen to it. And it just made a whole new world for me. Same kind of thing that you're talking about. But in this particular song, Velvet Underground with Nico, where were you when you first heard it? What was your life like? Where were you living? Who were you hanging out with? So I I really got into Lou Reed and 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 the Velvet Underground in in high school. That that was all the time I was discovering all this great classic rock. And prior to I'll Be Your Mirror being my favorite song, like Femme Fatale was my favorite one, which is actually the kind. It's kind of the opposite. It's it's a it's a it's, it's a warning mm-hmm. about like this this girl's just gonna break your heart. And then like fast forward, I don't know, five six years later when I first meet Hannah, it's like oh here's a song about falling in love and. And and that reciprocity in a relationship and and you know like you know sh- really shining a light to one another and 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 showing showing the other person just who they are and what you are and so yeah it was it was one of those it, this album was just something I'd listen to as a sad boy in high school and now it's become like it's become something I listen to as a sad boy adult who's in love. As a writer, do you hear the soundtrack of your work? While yeah. you're writing. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. I like I I I I I I'm dyslexic and so I I have a hard time with 
I, I I'm not a very literary man, but I I always listen to music. I always listen to all this stuff. While and, you're writing, you're yeah. you're actually literally listening to music. Yeah. Cause yeah. it just it just helps me, and I actually I use a speech to to uh, text program. So I so words and lyrics, I, I along with like music. I don't I uh, th- those I think they they translate something that that I don't get from a page, and mm-hmm. so I, I I try to, like I said, have the soundtrack of my life and work playing as I'm as I'm writing. Even writing jokes, I like to have music in the background. Really? Yeah. Cool. How do you do that? Do you just sit and you're like, today I'm going to write jokes. I'm going to write one I, good one. I try to. I mean, uh, a lot of it is I, what I do is I, I listen to my old jokes and then I just try to keep building off of that and mm-hmm. keep building. Because I figured if, I, if I've if i been able to write one good joke, then maybe there's another idea or premise that, there that I can I can build off of. Because it's, I, I, I'm someone who I it, I struggle with coming up with a completely new premise. Yeah. Because I'm I'm just not that creative. But if I if I hear a joke and I'm like, oh, that was good, or maybe I should have said this, and and then from there that keeps building, and then then eventually, through like de- de- through degrees, I I get to to a new premise altogether. Right. Like why reinvent the wheel every time? Yeah. Exactly. That's how I feel too. All right. Well, I'm sorry to say that this is the last song. We got to do like ten songs next time. I know. Did you find this exercise difficult to just come up with only five? It was so hard. Like I, like I, 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 I there's so many other songs. Like it, it, and I really wanted to take this interview in so many different directions. Mm-hmm. But I did. I, I just, I, I limited myself to one song per artist and one song per decade. So oh, e- interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, here we go. Song number five. Won't say I love you, babe. I won't say I need you, babe But I'm gonna get you, babe And I will not do you wrong Living's mostly wasting time And I waste my share of mine But it never feels too good So let's don't take too long You're soft as glass And I'm a gentle man we got the sky to talk about and the world to lie upon. It's very pretty. Thank you. I wish I, wish I would have written it. Yeah. <laughs> but someone else did. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, that's To Lives to Fly by Towns Van Sant. Mm-hmm. And uh, Towns Van Sant's one of the great uh, just singer-songwriters. Related of- to the... Uh, my, um, the Van Sants from uh, are they from here? No, um, I'm drawing a blank, but it's uh, "Sweet Home Alabama" is their song. Oh, Alabama? No, "Sweet Home Alabama." I did uh, not know that. No. Oh, okay, just, Donny Van Sant? Is that your talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, not, not not related. No. It's a beautiful song. Yeah, no, it's I I think that might be my favorite song. I'm not sure. Your it's, favorite song? It's one of those. It's one of those perfect songs where not a line is wasted. Every every word has so much weight and I feel like you could you could take any any stanza any any line and it can be embroidered onto something and it'd be something nice to put you know in your home yeah like like just the the great the great line of life is, living's mostly wasting time and I've wasted my share of mine yeah it was the, the, the first time I ever heard the song first time I ever heard the artist it was very very engaging very nice acoustic guitar your yeah. favorite song for how long I I think I heard it maybe six years ago. Do you remember how you heard it? No, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm like a music nerd and I like to go online and read stuff and, you know, I'll check out stuff. And I actually, I do have a soft spot for country. I, I don't like contemporary country, but a lot of 
mm-hmm. a lot of like you know just sort of that outlaw like Steve Earle, Johnny Cash, and all that stuff. And and if I, I if the if the country singer has a heroin addiction, I'm gonna listen to a song. Mm. You know, <laughs> if you're into outlaw country, please, I strongly suggest Eric Church if you haven't okay, already. I'll check that out. Yeah, um, you seem like the kind of person that is so present. You're just always exactly where you are, and you seem to be so happy just being here right now yeah. in this moment yeah there's there's no greater moment than right now this is i i you know i'm having a ball and i and it's nice talking to you guys listening to my favorite music feeling feeling important i like it <laughs> well you are important and your songs are amazing yeah this dynamic is is a good one for all of us i think you know we get to come in here and listen to new stuff or rock yeah. out to some like talking heads i never would have guessed that and I'm not kidding. I, I, I want to pitch you a film idea, and I'm not going to do it on the air, but I'm definitely going to pitch it to you. And it kind of has some relevance to the selections you've made, which, again, you know, in this world where one can claim, you know, yeah, I'm really liberal and diverse and I know all this stuff. One of the things that fascinated me about culture in L.A., which is predominantly, I mean, is Hispanic the right word? I don't even know. Yeah, but I'm yeah, Hispanic. Yeah, so Hispanic culture was something that was completely new to me. You know, and I'm from New York and I'm like, you know, Puerto Rico and all of this stuff. But coming out to L.A. One, and, and I worked um, I've worked most of my career as a counselor and I found myself in different parts of L.A., Echo Park and, and East L.A. And, you know, taking kids home, kids that were on probation and all this kind of stuff. And I was so amazed to see these kids in like Echo Park and, and like East L.A. with like Slipknot T-shirts and freaking <laughs> heavy metal and like gothed out, you know, like these 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 cholo gothed out motherfuckers. And I was like, this is insane. This is so. And then like hearing some garage bands, like these kids were coming in out of juvenile hall in garage bands. And I'm like, the rock scene was blowing my mind and like that you know and this is a living example of like how you can get stuck in oh they probably all like art lebeau and that's the only thing that they're gonna you know what i'm saying it was amazing well art lebeau himself was another like wow really all this old cool 50s stuff it's it's amazing you mentioned that because one of the things i was conflicted about is i wanted to include morrissey in the smiths because uh mexicans in la worship (sighs) morrissey even though he's a complete asshole and i don't understand it but the Smiths, The Cure, and Depeche Mode, a lot of these like groups are Manchester. Dead Kennedys, man. I yeah. mean, but like, yeah, the Chicanos, uh, Chicano punks are keeping the punk scene alive. That's so. We'll talk after this because it's yeah. been twelve <laughs> freaking years, and I and I these little kids that were so punked out, and I grew up a white boy punk, you know, Sex Pistols kid in upstate New York. To see that was like so freaking yeah, cool. It's crazy, yeah. Like like a, a lot of the dudes you see in the metal scene are are Chicano and. Mm-hmm. And even yeah, like 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 you mentioned, like goth, like all that stuff. It's it, it's crazy in L.A. You'll go to some weird house party in Boyle Heights, and then you'll find you'll you see this like band just like drinking and stuff. And That's like, when I was dropping them off. I'm like, what's going on in that garage? And it's like. <laughs> And let's not forget greasers. All all the greasers are still around. Oh, yes. my God. Cuff up those Wrangler jeans and slick back your hair. Bitch! Oh, my God. Totally. I'm cool. so glad that over the course of five songs, you two have managed to rekindle the strikes. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's because that's how it happens, right? Yeah. Our music bonds us. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, I, I have good taste. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> you, do, you do, young man. Well, thank you for sharing your Faye Five, Greg. We're going to take a brain break, and okay. I'm going to let David take over and host this next segment called Band Name or Bar Name. That's right, and everybody in the studio is included in this game, including the very quiet but confident Jeremy, who's not said one word all show. <laughs> 
So, Greg, our guest last week, Max Fight, had us go up to uh, Seattle, where I was able to research a number of different bars and a selection of different local bands. Okay. I collected the names of different bars and different bands, and I settled on one name of one band and one name of one bar. Your job and band name or bar name is to tell me which one is the band name and which one is the bar name. There I'm are excited. no points, and we all win. Aww. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> settle in and think real hard, because I want to say, hey, guys, after the show, if we were in Seattle right now, let's go to Cannon. Ooh. And grab a few drinks and have something to eat. Because guess who's playing? Moon Royalty. What? Fuck. Or I could just as easily say, hey, guys, let's go to Moon Royalty and have a little bite to eat. Fly Moon Royalty. Sorry. Fly Moon Royalty. Because Cannon is going to be rocking out. Cannon. So wait, it's Fly Moon Royalty and Fly Cannon. Moon Royalty or Cannon. Which is the band name? Which is the bar name? Up in Seattle, Washington. I wanted to say Fly Moon Royalty for the band, but mm. Canon has sort of like an alternative rock yeah. sound that you get in Seattle. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to lock Canon in for band name and Fly Moon Royalty for the bar. That's your final choice. That's what I'm going to say, yes. but only because Moonshine is oh. a thing and that would be fly like, moon royalty yeah wow very good thinking jeremy cannon or fly moon royalty which is the band which is the bar say the same thing cannon is the band and flying moon is royal is the you know they say with age comes wisdom and i'm living proof that in this episode of band name or bar name the wisdom has come out because oh no cannon serves the best craft cocktails no! anywhere. The awards bestowed on this bar range from world's best cocktail menu, one of the most <laughs> beautiful bars in Seattle, best bar rooms in Seattle. It's won so many prizes. If you're up in Seattle, Cannon would be the name of the bar. Fly Moon Royalty, Gateway Band, Erica Badu, the duo behind Fly Moon Royalty, always seems to be having a good time. Action Jackson composes the beats, and Adra Boo is like a superhero growing in Sonic. Wait, Erica Badu's in Fly Moon Royalty? Yeah, no, it's it's influenced by. Oh, Erica oh, Badu. I was yeah, like, how yeah, have yeah, we not heard yeah, of this? Yeah. yeah, so it's it's Philadelphia, New York hip hop and R and B groups distilled as if Erica Badu and the Roots made records together. Oh, yeah. Cool. So, Up that, in yeah. so, so Eric Church and Flyman Royalty. Yeah. There we go. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. So uh, I did uh, Stump, which has been a long time yeah, since does. I've stumped. But these were good ones. And it is Seattle. So, you know, you what can I know. say? Thank you for paying bar name or band name. Greg, your job now is to take our listeners next week anywhere in the world. I can pick any city. Uh -huh. Any city, anywhere. I'm going to pick Missoula, Montana. Missoula, Montana, ladies and gentlemen, where it's going to be steers and cars with gears. <laughs> Missoula? Yeah. Why Missoula? Yeah, why? What the, what, you... Because I, I froze and all I could think about was David Lynch. I was like, oh, yeah, he was born in Missoula. Perfect. That's great. D uh, that's perfect. Missoula, Montana. That's where we're going next week. Thinking very hard. We'd love to hear the memory of your very first concert. Actually, the first concert I went to was Hootenanny. Hootenanny. Wow, that is such an amazing show. Yeah. And and so the the headliners 
were Chuck Berry <gasps> and, Jer- oh! and Jerry Lee Lewis. Get out of wow. here. Get out of here. Jerry Lee Lewis uh, was sick, so he wasn't he wasn't there. That day. So uh, Chuck Berry did an extended set. <sighs> and yeah, he did did Johnny Be Good, Maybelline, all the all the Wow. Great songs. Who did you go with? I went with my uh with my cousin Rolando, who's one of the Chicano greasers we we mentioned earlier. Nice. Yeah, this is like a greaser show. What's his name? The Horton Heat. Uh, Reverend Horton Heat. Reverend Horton, Horton Heat, yeah, wow. yeah. That's the one that I went to and I got bit on the shoulder because I was crowd surfing and they didn't like that so much. So some girl bit me on the shoulder and I fell and she started kicking me. It was <laughs> awful. But the show was so <laughs> great. Did they do it every year, Hootenay? Yeah, I think yeah. they still do it every mm-hmm. year. Whereabouts was it? Uh, it was some ranch. I forget where. It's local. How old were you? I was, uh, let's see, maybe maybe 18. You saw Chuck Berry play his guitar. Yeah. Isn't that Jeez. And they, was, they have like Social Distortion play, yeah, Reverend Horton Heat. Uh, just I'm trying to think who else. But. So that experience yeah. is like you're destined for royalty. You know, just that that was your first thing. That's a, My mom went to Woodstock. You want to go? Nah, I want to stay home. Oh, my god. The first Woodstock. Do, do you remember anything like particular that might have happened? You were 14, well, you said? No, no, 18. 18. The crazy thing, maybe it was 60. I, I don't know. I have to look it up. But uh, Chuck Berry, you know, was like 80 something. And he still did the duck walk. Yeah, of course. Of co- <laughs> I mean, I do. Believe me, getting old is different than you imagine it. Um, Santiago Canyon. There we go. Yeah. Where's that at? It, near Irvine. It's in Orange County. Okay, cool. Yeah. Wow. What about the last show? What was the last concert you went to? Last concert I went to was LCD Sound System at the Hollywood Bowl. No. Wow. Okay. When was that? That was May 4th. Okay, so recently. Yeah, and it was it was awesome. It, they they had a real great light show. It was like an audiovisual. There's a great audiovisual. Be with you. <laughs> audiovisual component and <laughs> It was they they I mean they were on point. It was their big reunion tour, and they covered songs from like Kraftwerk and like New Order. It was it was yeah. incredible. Like it was, yeah, so it was really the best concert I've ever been to. That or Fly Flying Lotus at Hollywood Bowl. I I like a lot of you know like musicians who who use a lot of electronic instruments with like heavy drum machines and distorted yeah, yeah. bass and all that good stuff. It's so cool. Yeah. Well, man, I feel like this hour has flown by. This is the time of the show where you just. Promote away. Where can we find you? How do we stay up to date on where you're performing? All the good stuff. Okay, so you can add me on Facebook, uh, at Greg Roque. That's R-O-Q-U-E for my last name. Instagram is at Greg Roque Comedy. Twitter is at Greg Roque Comedy. And I don't I don't know what other social media profiles I have. You have a website? Yeah, gregroque.com. Yeah, I'll be all I'll be all over LA, Long Beach, Orange County, or wherever wherever people pay me. Do you like to get out of town and perform also? Do you be able to do that much? Yeah, but it's it's hard because you know, like I gotta I gotta load up in the car and then mm-hmm. I need so because most most stages don't have ramps, so I gotta bring like two or three dudes to get me on stage, and sure. it becomes a hassle. So I try to stay local, but if they pay enough, I'll drive. There you go. Wow. Obviously, you're a busy man. College, concerts, comedy, mm-hmm. the three C's. Get her done. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show, Greg. Well, thank you for the invite. It was a pleasure. Yeah, was this great. was awesome. So glad to get to know you better. David Earl Waterman, thank you for being the best co-host ever. You are a miracle. My name is Maggie Mayfield, your host. And if you haven't already, please like, share, subscribe to the show. We are on all the social medias at Tunes Shuffle. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tunes Shuffle.